0: And so, without any further delay, Brother Jared Marks, pastor from Sandpoint, Idaho, come in Jesus' name. Love you. Love you. Let's praise him. Let's just for a moment longer. God, I love you. God, I praise you this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I was freezing to death when I walked into this building, but my spirit is warming up. But I give honor today to all of you. I love Cornerstone Church. I love Pastor and Sister Mayo. I give them honor today. It's a great honor to be here, and I thank you very much. Cornerstone Church. Means a lot to Sandpoint Cornerstone. Your prayers, your your time, you young people that come out and during the summer and help us outreach. God is rewarding us. And I can tell you, and I'll report this morning. In the last two months, we have baptized five. We've seen one get the Holy Ghost. I give God I stood out, I, I stood out in front of the church, stood out in front of the church Tuesday evening, and gave a woman a Bible study for probably 45 minutes. And I expect probably tomorrow to baptize her in Jesus name in Jesus. name. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. You can be seated. thank you for standing in worship today. I give honor to my, my precious brother and his family. I love them very dearly, great and incredible people in Jesus' name. Well, since this is family camp, and a lot of times with camp comes campfire stories, correct? Right. Right. Now, there's no literal fire in here. Thank the Lord our fire season is good this year, amen? amen. We, Hallelujah. But I guess the Holy Ghost fire is in this place, but... I want to tell you a little story this morning just for a little bit here. It's entitled, I Can Sleep on a Stormy Night. I Can Sleep on a Stormy Night. Now, some of you young people have heard me tell this story and teach and preach on this along these lines. But just bear with me and act like you've never heard it. There was a, it was springtime. And with the springtime, there came the annual roundup. It was a time to gather cattle in, look at their numbers, separate those that uh, were older, and to drive them to market. And so at this time, there was an increase of cowhands that had to be hired. And so this particular rancher goes to town, He's looking to fill his slots with his cowhands. And he's not looking just for any cowhand, but he's looking for the best of the best. And so he goes and he's filled all his slots besides one. And it's slim Pickens at this point because there was other ranchers and uh, foremans that were there. And so this foreman's looking around and I, I need one more good man. I need one more good man that knows what he's doing on a horse and knows how to work a rope and uh, how to mend fence and such of those nature. And so he sees this very uh, interesting person, this uh, man that's still sitting there. And uh, he begins to question him, ask him about his experience, uh, what he has done, where has he worked, and what ranches has he worked on. And so uh, this man was very unique. He found this very quickly because every answer uh, or every question, he answered the man, the foreman saying, I can sleep on a stormy night. He replied every time, I can sleep on a stormy night. This foreman scratched his hand, head and realized, man, I, my pickings are very slim here. I, I don't really have much of an option. This guy is... Uh, very intriguing and so I'm not sure but I'm going to take a chance on him and so when they rode out of town that day on their horses he noticed that this man that interests him so much he, he was very organized his rope was uh, tied uh, and wrapped very tightly he, he had that look on him like as we would call an OCD person today his saddlebags weren't crooked he his bed roll was rolled properly and tightly. And uh, he was a man. He wasn't his garments. His clothing was not dirty. He took pride in himself. His gloves were worn but not tattered. He was a very unique and interesting man. So with a roundup, with the springtime roundup, we obviously, uh, like I alluded to, uh, they're gathering in cattle. They are storing them up. They're going to go through them and pick out the, the good stock and the bad stock. And typically they always drove uh, healthy, uh, bad stock. I'm not a cow, uh, cowboy, but uh, my understanding is older stock that were healthy, they went ahead and drove those to the market. And so uh, they're doing that. But in the meantime, there has to be fence mended. And there has to be corrals uh, probably repaired or maybe built so that these uh, cattle can remain a uh, crowd. They can be uh, close to the ranch. And, and so uh, he gives instructions and he watches all of these men. And some, you know, uh, you, <laughs> you can watch people when they're really listening and when they're really not listening. And so, but this man, it was still very interesting. His interaction with other, the other hands was not very, uh, he wasn't very sh- social at all. He, he just stuck to himself. Uh, he didn't have to be woken up. He didn't have to be drug out of the bunk to go to work. He actually was up before anyone else. He was on the back of his horse, riding out. He didn't wait around to be uh, told what to do. He just had an understanding of, "I got a job and I've got to get it done." And so uh, he he just he stuck to himself and he worked. And the foreman observed him, and he was a good he was a good hand. He he watched very quick uh, quickly and. Uh, that he, uh, he watched him and learned very quickly that he, he just did what he... Uh, it didn't matter if it was a briar patch or a thicket. Uh, he worked to get those cattle out of that. It didn't matter if the fence was torn down for several hundred yards. He he mended the fence. He did not have to be told what to do. He was just working. He was preparing. He Because in, in springtime, we know, we ex- have been experiencing, and we thank God for the rain here recently. And we experienced in Sandpoint the other day a good uh, good what I'd like to call an Oklahoma thunderstorm we don't get those very often but it was good and so uh, but that's that's what comes with springtime is uh, rain and thunderstorms and uh, it's just it's it's a, it's a time of obviously we know the saying April showers bring Mayflowers, and so it's just part of the seasons right. And so, but you're dealing with uh, wild animals. Cattle are uh, are not; they're not housebroken. They're not. uh, The thunder startles them, right? And so, that's that's the uh, why fences have to be mended, and that's why corrals have to be tightened up. And everything has to be in order because with thunderstorms could come a stampede and that could uh, ruin all the good work that they have done by gathering these cattle. But if you've done all the precautions and if you went through the checklists as a cow hand, you could could be at ease and at rest at some uh, degree when a thunderstorm came. And so uh, without uh, any surprise, uh, there came a thunderstorm one night They were all in the bunkhouse And so uh, hear the crack of lightning and thunder roll And they began to uh, The foreman came in and they began to file out of this bunkhouse We got to go check on these cattle We got to make sure they're right where they are So we don't have to do this again And cause more work for each uh, ourselves And so uh, we, they all file out besides this one man He didn't budge He didn't roll over He just began to sleep even more. The foreman seen him, but he said, I I can't worry about him now. I'll deal with him later. And so when uh, they came back in, this man was still in his bunk. And the foreman began to question him. What? I pay you. Uh, you're getting a wage to do what the rest of these men are doing. Uh, you, are, you have a job. You have a responsibility. And finally, being so irritated, uh, he rolled out of his bunk and said, You know what? I told you I could sleep on a stormy night. I could sleep on a stormy night. What he was telling that foreman was, I had an assurance of mind that uh, your cows, your, your cattle were going to be right where they were supposed to be. That there was not going to be a stampede. He knew that night when that storm came through that everything was going to be okay. He had an assurance, he had a peace of mind knowing it's, everything's all right. What are you preaching? What are you talking about this morning? I would draw your attention to Matthew chapter 25 in verse 1. It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps, and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. That they were foolish took their lamps, uh, those that took their, uh, that were foolish, excuse me, took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us up your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, No, uh, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while there went to buy, the bridegroom came... And there came, uh, or excuse me, and they that were ready went in with, with him uh, to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came uh, came also the other virgins, saying, "Lord, Lord, open to us." But he answered and said, "Verily, verily, I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh." Uh, and so I, I I take this text and this passage here today. And my title is, I can sleep on a a stormy night. Uh, What uh, what I'm trying and what I feel the Holy Ghost is trying to tell the church today is that we've got to be ready. Amen. Our spirit, our family, this church, we've got to be ready. The Lord is coming back. I I can't wait. I anticipate the coming of him coming back for his church. But in the meantime, I'm going to be ready. Day in and day out, I'm going to take care of my business. Day in and day out. This is why it's so critical that we have a daily prayer life, a daily devotion of the Word of God. Why are we doing this? Why do we go to church on Sunday? Why do we go to church on uh, a midweek service? And we have church prayer prayer meetings. It's because we're preparing for that. uh, With the storms of life, they may come. But I'm also doing this because there's one coming back. And he's coming back for a church that is ready. We've got to be ready. We've got to be ready. We can't be caught off guard with the storms of life. We can't be caught off guard. You know what the truth of the matter is? If you're praying every day, if you're reading the Word of God, oh God. if you're doing these essential, critical things, then when the storm of life comes... Oh, you're at peace of mind because you know, hey, the God, my creator, he's got me right where I need to be. There's, there's a peace of mind knowing when everything else is crumbling around you, you can go, I, I can sleep. I can go to bed tonight. I, I, I can go through my day at work and not be troubled in my spirit because I know there's a God and a Savior who's got my best interest. And I may not see how it's all going to work out, but I put my trust in you. I can sleep on a stormy night. I feel the Spirit telling us ah, God is, he, He's dealt with me of recent, obviously, because a new father, but. Uh, the spiritual leaders of our homes, husbands, fathers, we got to be uh, praying with our families. We got to be setting the example and showing them, hey, this is how you are successful. We can can show them how to be successful in the the business world. We can show them how to be successful at this and that, but if we're not showing them how to be successful in the kingdom of God, what good are we doing? We got to be ready. We got to make sure our families are prepared for the things of this world and for His coming. Going back to this cowboy, a cowboy has a peculiar and interesting wardrobe. It's very specific for their job. Now I know a lot of us, and I haven't worn them in a long time, but I used to wear cowboy boots. And the cowboy boots I wore were not what you would find on a working ranch. This, uh, uh, (laughs) look, (laughs) its the boots, the square toe boots that you might see other men wear and such, those are not working cowboy boots. See, a working cowboy boots has a pointed toe with a high heel. So while they're on the ground, and they're working, and they see a a cow break loose or such, they can jump into the saddle and get their feet quick in the stirrups. So quick because the pointed toe, but not so quick that their foot slips out, the boot does because they have that tall heel. It serves a purpose. A typical uh, cow hand has chaps, excuse me. It's actually chaps. I was corrected. It's not chaps. It's chaps. And that's the, the purpose of shaps is to protect uh, the cowhands' legs from briars and thickets and such. They're typically always made out of leather or cowhide or something of that nature. Uh, they have a leather vest to protect their upper body from the same briars and thickets. They have a handkerchief uh, sometimes worn around their face to protect them from the dust. And also to protect them from the sun. They wear gloves also to protect their hands from working and from rope burns and such like that. They all serve a purpose. Now all of us are here today and we all are not wearing the same thing. But in the spirit, we find in Ephesians chapter 10. Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against rulers of the darkness of the world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you might be able to withstand in that evil day. And having done all to stand. Stand there having your loins girt, girt about with truth. Thank you and supplication for all the saints. What am I saying? We do have a wardrobe. We do have an identity. And it's our responsibility daily that we put on the whole armor of God. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it going to school. You're not going to make it going on the job if you don't pick up that sword of the truth. Yeah, yeah, you got to put on the whole armor of God. What are you doing, Dad? What are you doing, Mom? I'm, I'm preparing. I'm making sure when that stormy day comes, I'm preparing for his coming, child. I'm showing you the way that we can sleep on the stormy night. We can't just look the part. We can't. You know what? The Holy God is trying to show us and give us an understanding. We can't just look apostolic. We can't come to service and uh, and midweek Bible studies and prayer meetings and such and look the part. I, I've got it on. Look, I look apostolic. But we find in Matthew chapter twenty-one and nineteen, and when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only. And said unto it, "Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever." And presently the fig tree withered away. We got the appearance of apostolic. We got we have the holiness down. Our sleeves are the correct length. We we're doing everything. We look it, but where's the fruit? Because the cow hand that we were talking about, the man that could sleep on a stormy night, he was mending fences. He had his wardrobe on. He was doing doing all that. But you know what he was doing at the same time? He was fixing corral boards and mending fences. He was gathering cattle. He was gathering, he was herding them back to the home ranch. And and so, what we got to do is we got to have our wardrobe on. We got to have the whole armor of God on. We got to have a prayer life. We got to, we got to, you know what we're lacking in this day is fasting. We got to fast more. The church, we, and fasting is not for the present, fasting is for the future i'm fasting today i'm denying my flesh so when the day comes and my flesh rises up in me i can say no no i'm not going there but we're praying we're fasting we're doing everything an apostolic should do but where's the souls where are the people we have a responsibility. Yes, we gotta have it. In town. Get holiness. Get in prayer life. But win a soul. Take somebody by the hand and lead them to an altar. Show them whether you gotta be born again of water and spirit. Win a soul. If you're doing that, if you're winning souls, when it comes, when the storm of life comes, when Jesus comes back. Oh, how awesome would it be to be baptizing an individual? How awesome would it be to be praying with an individual and watch them receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and the trumpet sound? I I love to hunt. I love to fish. I love to be in outdoors. But when God's coming, His second coming, how amazing, how incredible would it be if it was right when we're having church, right when we're teaching a Bible study. We got to be busy. It's all about souls. And an individual uh, that has struggled uh, with living for God for some time. He, he, the problem is, and I spoke of this at an anniversary deal. He has been raised uh, in a traditionalism, apostolic, Pentecostal way. We go to church on, twice on Sunday and once during the week. And we have holiness and all these such. And I'm not being an ugly person here today. But this individual, he, he I, I don't know if he could take the Bible and show a person. Maybe he could. The plan of salvation. And walk them through everything. I'm not being judgmental. But it's always, it's always been a struggle. And he's always struggled with this ministry thing. But the truth of the matter, whether you're called to be in the pulpit or just to be called to be a, Good old fashioned saint, and there's nothing wrong with that. We need good, solid, apostolic saints. Amen. We do. Amen. He texted me the other day and he was asking well, after Brave was born, he was, had texted me, asked me about that, and, and then he asked, How's it feel to be a pastor? And I simply texted him back and I said, It's still soul winning. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're a full time. Highly anointed prophet to our generation evangelist or a pastor of a mighty revival church, or if you're sitting on a pew and as being a saint of God, it's all about soul winning. It's not about the title, it's not about the position. What it's about is making sure that I'm right, making sure my babies and my family is right. And then it's making, I, while I'm doing that, I'm grabbing someone else and saying, This is for you too. And this is for you and your family. I can sleep on a stormy night. I'm right in my spirit. I got the peace that passeth all understanding. It's consumed my life. And I can go to bed at night. And I can go to the job during the day. And I'm knowing God's in control. And while He's in control, I'm doing everything I can do to grab others and say, Oh, you're miserable. You need help. Come, come, God. You'll find the peace. You'll find the comfort. You'll that you knew it's in the church. What I'm preaching today is let's let's dedicate and consecrate ourselves even greater to prayer and to fasting and putting on the whole armor of God and while we're doing all that let's win souls (laughs) let's win souls hallelujah 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 do you realize if you would win one soul every adult that's here today if you would win a soul this time next year when we had this camp they couldn't have it in this building they would have to sit all the way up and they open those doors. That's, I'm telling you, one soul. One soul. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. We baptized a couple. In the world that we live in, you know what? Soul winnings to our advantage this, in this time and era that we live in. And why I say that? And it's a sad, sad fact, but it's true, is that we have so many uh, mixed families and so many divorced families and, this, and their family tree is like split off so many different ways if you win an individual we, this family that are in our church now there, there's so many branches to their family And watch a sister come in and she this, uh, uh, this young lady she's so incredible she I I just know in the Holy Ghost that God is going to use her to win the rest of that that side that branch. She has to uh, she has to sneak to church. She has to uh, tell her dad that she's going to stay with her sisters so she can come to church on Sunday. The day that she was baptized, she said, I, I, I sh- I'm going to my sister's to stay the night and hang out with them, and she comes to church and gets baptized. I've watched her in the altar weep and cry. She's so close to getting the Holy Ghost, it's not even funny. But I promise it. I told her in the Holy Ghost last Sunday, she, we're going to watch her dad walk through those doors. We're going <laughs> to baptize him in Jesus' name. Soul winning. Hallelujah. It's to our advantage. There's no telling one soul how many could come into the church. There's no telling. Wow. We got we, we to gotta be right. We got to be right. There's nothing like a miserable person that's living a double life that's coming to church and they looked apart and they're lifting their hands and if I get out, just tell me to hush. But, and then there's something else at work and there's something else when no one else is looking. But the truth of the matter, I'm telling you, the misery they can't go to sleep at night without um, self-medicating themselves with entertainment and watching things and putting earbuds in their ears so they can listen and just drown out the reality of life and what they're causing. But if they would just get right, I promise you the peace, the peace that you have is, is so valuable. When you know, I'm, I'm okay, I'm all right. I'm right. I can go to bed tonight and i 'm okay and my family's okay and i 'm okay with my pastor and i don't have to live with this guilt and condemnation of coming to church and looking the part but i I really have no desire i really no i uh, really want to to get right i'm just looking the part you' you're, you're you're living in misery because sin, is yeah, it's just a season, correct? And, and so when you're tasting it and you're out doing that, Ah, it's good. But when you come back and you snap it back into it, it's, it's miserable because you know if God would come back. Elder, I heard you say it months ago and it stuck with me. I got to live my life daily like God's coming back today. Ask yourself, I don't mean to be so heavy, but it's, it's just the Holy Ghost trying to help us here today. Ask yourself, if God would come back right now, would you make it? What about your babies? Have, have you set the example? You know what? It's so critical as spiritual leaders of our homes and the husbands and fathers that we set the example. And we don't step outside of the authority of the word of God and the man of God. But we lead our homes in all godliness and all righteousness. And we stay in, in the doorway saying, no, that's not coming in our home. That, that can, you can go on to the next house. That's not coming into this one. But, but when we step outside of the word of God and the authority of the man of God, that's what, what happened to Abraham or Abram. They stepped outside of the promise of God, and he—they had, had a child with the the, uh, the hand servant, right, handmaid. But thank God for mercy. Because are we not the seeds of Abraham today? Are we not that? Are we, we're, we're the church today. We're, we're that generation and we're we're from Abraham. But he he had mercy and grace on Abraham and said, you know, I'm like a covenant with you again. And if you'll keep this covenant, uh, no longer will your name be Abraham. And you know, we're gonna change your name to Sarah and Abraham and so, and then the blessing will be on that son. And the favor will be on that son. Many nations will come out of that. It's because they stepped outside of it. And one translation talks about how that son that was born out of the outside of the promise of God would be as a wild donkey. A crazy man. Hey, you want good godly young people? You want, yeah, you want children that love the word of God and love the things of God? Then we got to stay inside the promise and inside of the word of God and the authority of that and the man of God. Some of, some of you are not Some of you have, have been through many sleepless nights with your children. Many of you have been through many sleepless nights with family members, and it's all because there was no preparation. God, I know it's because I have a newborn son that's three weeks old. I walked around that house. Praying and anointing door sills and windows. I, I don't want my son to be exposed to the filth and the things that this world has done. But I'm preparing now. Will you say he's just three? He's just three weeks old. He doesn't even know. But I, I'm sending, sending a message to the devil and all of hell. You're not going to have my son. You're not going to touch it. He's your He's full of purity. He's full of uh, innocence. And you're not going to take the purity of my son. You're not going to take the innocence of my son. I stand in the gap. I'm preparing right now. I'm preparing right now. Because, hey, he's going to be a soul winner. He's going to be a soul winner. And you know what? There's going to come a day when God comes back. And I want him to be saved. I want him to be saved so we can do it. Why don't we stand right now? Why don't we throw the ha- our hands in the air? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I got to be right. I got to be right. My home's got to be right. Oh, I got to have everything in life ready, prepared. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on just for a moment longer. Hallelujah. Maybe you're here today and you haven't been preparing just like you should. Maybe your prayer life has lacked. Hallelujah. Maybe it's been a while since you you, you fasted and got the old flesh under subjection. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why are we doing this, Mom? Why are we doing this, Dad? Why are we going to church camp? Why, why are we? We're preparing. Oh, we're preparing. Oh, we're preparing. Oh, hallelujah. Baby, you're going to go to school one day. You're going to be exposed to some things. But, oh, but we're preparing right now. When that stormy day comes, you're going to make it. You're going to walk through it and see the other side of it. Hallelujah. 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 hallelujah yes <laughs> I want to make it to heaven don't you I want to see my family make it don't you oh hallelujah, hallelujah hallelujah come on let's respond just for a moment longer maybe you need to repent of some things maybe, maybe you've been living that double life maybe there's been some things going on in the secret and you think you're, you're getting away with it but I promise you there's a God in heaven that's seeing everything that's going on and you know what he's going to take care of your family and he's going to make sure they're alright even when you're not right but he wants you to be right he wants you to be safe come on get right come on repent it's not worth it the peace of God is the most valuable thing in your life. Come on, let's. You know what, why don't we just reach over if it's appropriate, brother to brother, sister to sister. Why don't you lay your hand and let's just pray? Thank you for that preaching, Brother Marks. We're just going to close this out with prayer. Come on, let's spend a few moments and pray one for another. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Some of you are struggling right now. Some of you are you thinking that you're all right because you do this and that in the church. I sing in the choir. I, I play this instrument. I, I teach in the Sunday school. We're not saved by our works, we're not saved by our good works. Come on. We got to save ourselves from this untoward generation. And that's preparing a way for us and our families. And hallelujah, staying full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I still got to be right. I can be used in the church. I can do this and that, but I still got to be saved.